0: Welcome to the Inkspire podcast from Tharstern, the show that helps you turn your printing company into a bionic business. Here is your host, Ross Edwards. Hello, and thanks for joining me on the Inkspire podcast, where each week we cover at least one of the three strategies that will help you build a bionic business technology, culture, and process. Each episode, I'm joined by a different guest to chat about their experience and insight into being bionic and leading the way in the ever changing industry of print today. And today I am joined by George Rumble, who's the centre manager and owner of uh, Coldquit City. And we're going to be talking about getting into print and uh, and leadership and running a business and, and all things that come with that. So I'm really looking forward to, uh, to, to this conversation. So, uh, George, thank you very much for joining us today. Good morning. Thank you for having me. No worries. It's good to have you here. So maybe a, a good place to start, George, is um, perhaps, first of all, if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are and and uh and, and perhaps how you got into print what what attracted you into print
1: well thank you for that lovely intro there ross you're welcome you're like celebrity <laughs> <laughs> so my name's george rumble very unusual surname you probably won't meet another rumble in your lifetime so there's yeah. only one <laughs> it's, i love it and hate it at the same time um when i sign my my signature it's g rumble it spells grumble so that'll <laughs> uh makes people chuckle at that. So, so yeah, um I'm 34 years old. I started out in the print industry when I was 15, very young. Uh-huh. I've got my auntie to thank for that. My auntie used to work for Osei. All oh, right. Then bought out by Canon.
2: Yeah. So,
1: Brianie, Auntie Brianie, thanks to her. She was in a fairly senior role at Osei and she helped me with some work experience actually. I think I must have been about 14 at the time. Yeah. Where I spent a couple of days in um, a copy shop called Copycats. Yes. They they were a chain of franchises. I'm not sure if they're around anymore, but I've spent a couple of days in there just learning the basics on reprographics, really, how to bind books, how to print.
2: Yeah.
1: And what a black and white copier did, what a colour copier did, what the differences were. Very basic stuff. So that was really my my intro into the print industry. Yeah. And because my auntie was was heavily involved in it herself, but, you know, it was her career. She was in it for 30-plus years. Uh, I couldn't really get away from it. Mm. So and then I left school at 15. I didn't really get very good grades. I wasn't very academic in school. I was more sort mm. of artistic and sporty. Mm. Um, struggled, really. I didn't apply myself to stuff I didn't enjoy.
2: Mm.
1: Uh, so naturally, I came out with, with pretty poor grades, other than PE and R, which were A's and B's. Yeah. I didn't have a clue what I was going to do. I wasn't allowed into sixth form at my current school because mm. of my poor grades. Mm. Um, and my auntie, she helped me get a role for an OSE print room in JP Morgan Investment Bank in London. All oh,
2: right, yeah.
1: So I started there as a fresh faced sixteen-year-old with a with a suit and tie on, getting the train up into the city, and I thought I was the bee's knees. I really did. Um, and my job there was a runner essentially so I would deliver the, the printing between four different sites around London okay and I sort of progressed up through the ranks there to be then becoming an operator so actually running the machines binding the yeah. books laminating running the poster machines yeah a um, bit more hands-on on the shop floor if you like mm-hmm. um, and that was my real intro into the into the print industry I've always been quite entrepreneurial from a young age sort of buying and selling sweets and bits and bobs in school and always doing bits on the side so I always knew I wanted to start something for myself but I never really knew how and I always thought oh wow you'd need so much money behind you to start up but
2: yeah
1: it wasn't really the case so I worked in various roles from account management estimating then lastly into sales yeah where I could go out and open doors build relationships with people and then I sort of had a light bulb moment okay if I can do this for a much larger organization why can't I do it for myself so I uh, uh, just went out thinking how how could I build a business what could I what could I do what can I bring to the market and I actually used to work for a call quick when I was younger so cool. I was 19 yeah. 20 21 hmm I knew that model i knew the market i knew what kind of work a call quick would need to you know keep it going and the owners of the call quicker that i used to work at they they contacted me probably around six years ago now five years ago right if i would like to manage their center for them so they could sort of take a step back right i politely declined and said well I'd, i'd love my own center Actually, yeah, and they went well. Funnily enough, we know there's a few for sale, and they put me in touch with the Barden Group, who essentially own the Call Quick franchise. Right, and went from there, really. So I essentially bought a failing business. I look back now, I probably did everything wrong. If I was doing it now, I wouldn't buy a failing business. <laughs> but the journey I've had from from day one until now you know it's been invaluable what the the experiences that I've learned the clients that I've taken on the people that I've met along the way it's it's been yeah it's been invaluable so but yeah I essentially bought um a failing center it was losing money Mm -hmm. needed someone young and enthusiastic to go in there turn it around and you know start helping that center achieve what it could achieve so if if the the current owner at the time if he didn't if he didn't sell it, he was gonna close it down. Yeah. It got that bad, so we arranged a deal, a pretty good deal. I, I knew, I knew exactly what this centre needed. You know, the owner old, yeah. he'd lost his way. He took his eye off the ball. At one point, he had three call quicks, and over the years, business had got harder for him, mm. and he closed them down. And this was his last one. So, yeah. Year one, we made a little bit of profit, which I wasn't forecasting to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bought all new services in-house, like large format. They wasn't even doing any large format at the time. They used to outsource that. So one of the first things I did was put a plan printer in there and a large format machine. Yeah. Uh, upgraded all the equipment, uh, put a cutting machine in there. And a year later, COVID struck, which was uh, yeah. that was interesting.
0: Oh, right, so you you're you're a year into into owning and running your your own you know new business, correct. and then COVID's knocking at the door.
1: Correct, and I remember thinking, wow, okay, year one, we've made it. Look what I've done in one year. This is great. I'm loving life. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: Mate, I wouldn't say I got complacent, but I thought, okay, this is easier than I thought it was going to be.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Probably a little bit naive to 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 think that, and then London closed down overnight. All my clients hmm. within the square mile of London city, and then literally overnight, it was a ghost town. So wow,
0: that must have been scary.
1: It was, yeah, it was interesting. I just moved house at the time as well. I had a lot going on personally, so yeah, very interesting time. And there's a lot of businesses out there that that didn't survive. But I think where we were so small so early on, you know, I was so agile, I was able to put my staff on furlough and benefits from some of the grants but yeah that was a very very interesting time and i tried to pivot into producing all of the covid materials mm. um, and that kind of kept us going you know i had a, a restaurant yeah, so
0: that worked for you did it
1: it did yeah it yeah. did it did and that actually enabled us to bring sort of a few more services in-house that we wasn't doing previously um certain machines now that are, are a daily a daily user for us now But but yeah covid was it was very interesting and um
0: yeah yeah I think it, it, it's, it's that blip isn't it that everybody uh perhaps wants to to kind of put behind us, but then equally pretty much everyone you know businesses I speak to and, and lots of people speak to I'm not going to say everyone most people will then have a uh, positive outcome of it, you know, something that, that's changed that benefited them or, you know, as a result of it. Um, and like you just said that you kind of brought n- new services in that you weren't doing before. And so you kind of benefited from that. And it's just one of them things, isn't it? It's like it, it was a it was a, a very challenging time, but also when there's challenges, there's opportunities, I guess, isn't there? And, and, and uh, that, that come out of it as well. So, yeah.
1: Exactly. The the positive there was we picked up a a client that's now Mm. just customer. Right. Picked them up during sort of peak COVID. They couldn't get COVID materials into their into their into their restaurants. This was when restaurants were allowed to serve. I think they were allowed to do takeaways.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: So they needed some sort of COVID materials for the drivers when they came to collect the takeaways. And then when they opened up again but they're an American brand and they couldn't get materials into stores quick enough right so I came in saved the day just promised that I could get everything in knowing that I had no idea how I was going to do it but it just turned yeah. out that I worked pretty much through the night delivered all of the materials the following morning to some of the managers home addresses and some of the restaurants and that cost yeah it's now our, our biggest customer. So wow. that was a and plus that came out of COVID.
0: But, you know. And that's a very um, entrepreneurial approach as well, George. Uh, what I'm, I'm hearing there is it was you know, like a say yes and then figure out how to do it afterwards. Yeah. yeah?
1: The trait I've got, I think, uh, it hasn't come back and, and bit me yet. But, yeah, but yeah and, you know, at the time I only had two staff. They were both from furlough. It was just me. So right. I had to get it done. And we were... Yeah. We were bringing in no business, so I wasn't going to turn business away. and at the time, I had no idea that that would develop into a you know a you know a top tier customer for us, and yeah, great relationship with them now. Mm. Um, but out of all the negatives of covid that, that came with that environment that you know quite pleased that that was uh, the only one of the
0: only positives that we had. so that's, good. Right. It's, uh, that's That's a that's a real story and I think going back to the beginning. You know when you talked about your education and stuff as well, and and that education is is a very lucky in this country in the, the education that that we have and, and and schooling and things like that, and the teachers do a great job, but it's a it's a one size fits all approach, or, or rather one size doesn't fit all approach, you know, and, and I think that's a a great story to hear, you know, that it doesn't work for everybody, does it? And, and like you say it's you You like the the creatives and you the sports and stuff but the other stuff that didn't appeal to you i don't think you're alone there where it's it's difficult to kind of focus and and, and motivate and, and kind of get stuck into that if it's just not working for you <clears throat> but a great testament that you you know gcses result that yeah they, they help but they're not everything are they you can still go out in the world and 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 create and carve out your own space and, and do things without qualifications and there's lots of really good examples of that and and, and you're you're on that list as well George that's <laughs> very commendable and I'll certainly be telling this story to my daughter who, who's just doing her GSSEs as well. But um I also uh I liked what what I heard there was was, was you you saw this failing business but you could see something that you, you, you could see something there that you you thought, actually, I can make this work. What was it that you saw? So going back to, can you jump back into that time and, and, and you know what were you feeling at that point? What was it? So at, at,
1: what was, I was um I was working in a sales role for a company called DST. Right. They're a sort of large direct mail provider yeah. uh, who have since been bought out by Paragon. And I was yeah in the sales team there doing really well you know the commissions were good I had you know really good client base but I'm just a bit I would not say deflated but I was like okay is this is this it yeah it's it and they kept buying new businesses merging them in you know now I know that's a great way of growing a business is acquiring yeah profitable business and blending it in with your your current business and I understand that but I just sort of got to the point where I'm like. Oh, this, this is. there has to be a bit more.
0: Yeah. Be a bit more. So you perhaps didn't feel
1: quite challenged? It was definitely a challenging yeah. run, definitely. Yeah. You, you targeted on yeah. this. Yeah. You had to do a certain amount of meetings a week.
2: Mm. Uh,
1: if you hadn't hit your sales target for that month, the, the directors would, <laughs> would want to know why and believe that. Yeah,
2: you, yeah.
1: If you're on the receiving end of that, that's, yeah. that Monday morning sales meeting wasn't a fun experience. Yeah. But yeah you on your toes and I learned a hell of a lot there and I don't think without what I learned there it, it helped me so much in what I'm doing now but I, there were there were two key takeaways from from this business that, that yeah. i purchased it was kind of run as a stationary shop so from the outside no one even knew that it was a call quick yeah very dated, very old um, the 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 previous owner had just signed a new lease for ten years right. so I, Nine and a half years. Well, still five years into that lease. Really good, favorable terms. Yeah. Very, very good, favorable terms. And it was the lease was in the the company name, not the individual's name. Okay. So then be a director of that company and still benefit from the perks of that lease. Where if I was starting fresh, a landlord would likely want the lease in your personal name. Yeah. You're new, new to business. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and The second takeaway was the location, prime location Um, on the outskirts of the square mile of London.
2: I'm
1: Mm. sort of of five minutes one way to Liverpool Street Station, right top of the Gherkin, um, the greater buildings, the walkie-talkie buildings, all of the key buildings in the city where there's big institutions, insurance firms, brokerages, banks, agencies. You know, there's a hell of a lot of big blue chip businesses around. And I thought, if I can just turn this business around, just as simple as putting some cool quick signage up, putting a decent website up and just door knocking, I have, I can't make this fail. It would be impossible for me to make it, given what I've got on the doorstep, all the customers that are so close to us. But obviously, little did I know that a year later, London would close down. (laughs) do that now would I still have done it yeah I think I would have but London still hasn't bounced back it's not it's not what it was yeah people still only work Tuesday Wednesday Thursdays yeah it's kind of expected now that the working from home structure is built into a contract yeah and sadly this industry doesn't lend itself really to working from home
0: (laughs) no it doesn't does it no
1: if you're a press finder or you know on the machines you can't really do that from home but but yeah it was definitely the the geographical location and the lease
2: yeah
1: and the the quick brand it's been around for a long time model i got it for a really really good price Mm. um and i just thought no, if i don't do this now i don't want to look back in a period of time regret that and looking back and regretting for me Mm. it's the life out of me
2: yeah
1: it really does so i thought if i don't do this now I've just got to do it. I did some travelling, sort of scratched that itch, sort of bumbled around yeah. for five months, and thought, okay, when I get back, we're going to make this happen.
0: Yeah. And well, would you say that doing, taking time out to do that travelling, George, would you find, would you say that was a that helped you with your mindset and kind of like having that time out to to get you where you are now?
1: Definitely. I mean, as mm. cliché as it is, it really does open your eyes. Mm. To certain cultures and yeah. yeah. Finding yourself. I know that's such a funny statement, but it's a cliché, it? But I, I think there's a lot of truth in it. It is, mm. yeah, it is. And I just, I just uh, emptied the savings account and went out on my own. Fantastic. Had a rough plan where I was going. Yeah. But yeah, I met within within a couple of weeks. Um, I built a crew of like 15 people, and before you know it, you're traveling to all the islands. It was a great experience, but I remember coming home thinking, "Wow, I feel like I only just got started." Yeah. Like, continued but I have to build something I want to build something can the urge to want to build a business outweighed the urge to continue traveling
0: yeah I was like right okay now's the time yeah so that urge has always kind of been there for a long time if you, you want I want you know to, to have your own create something and have your own business
1: yeah yeah sort of my friends you know they're all entrepreneurial and we've got successful businesses my dad's always been a proper grafter yeah he's, he's been in a building trade from from when he was young and
2: yeah
1: just got memories of him leaving the house super early sort of his first on site last to leave he's you know he's yeah. a proper after and he you know in, he instilled that in me yeah uh, I actually employed my dad for a period of time as well Drew. how did
0: that work out
1: um so I employed a man who didn't know how to send an email <laughs> 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 he Struggles with using his mobile phone to to do the basics but he could build you a great patio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He he was in his mid-50s, had enough of the building trade, and I yeah. said, This is what I'm doing. Do you want to come in? It's not rocket science. So I'm sure we can we can mold and train you to how to run the machines. Yeah. And so he was the, he worked in the print room. Oh well. Wow. And yeah, he picked it up pretty quickly. There were a few jobs that he'd printed wrong, and we had to bin them, and <laughs> well, quite a lot more than a
0: few. There's a wording curve.
1: But it came to the time where uh, we both come to the conclusion that working with family didn't quite work for us. It wasn't good for our relationship.
2: Mm.
1: There was a couple of times that we clashed. I was, I, he was learning, I was learning. I think it was mm. too for our father and son yeah. relationship. So after COVID had ended, he went back to the building. Yeah. But we yeah. learned a lot of each other, and it actually, although we fell out, we learned, we learned a lot, and. Uh, yeah strengthened that relationship and we laugh about
0: it now. Yeah, oh that's good. That's good. And then um, how did you find um obviously you have gone from a role where you're working for someone, uh working for other businesses and things like that. And then then bam you've got your business and and you've got you've got a, a team. Albeit you know you say you started off with a small team but you, you've you still got a team. How did you find adapting to, to, to leadership and managerial?
1: Yeah, very tricky. I'll be I'll be honest I remember yeah. thinking in the, the first month that I took it over and we mm. got in the month end of the month and I, ugh, we, I think we turned over about five grand and that that wouldn't even cover the rent and the rates yeah so I remember sitting back and thinking Jesus what have I done here have I made a mistake there was that split second of yeah, that. yeah 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 remember it now clearly and I thought no no, no this is just month one this isn't going to be easy. It's going to be a roller coaster ride. Keep going with it. But leadership for me was was very tricky. Where I'd always been, especially in a sales role, you're kind of your own boss in a way. You know, you're yeah. hitting your, your targets, and you you know you're bringing on your new customers. You're I wouldn't say you're left alone, but you, you're given room to go out and, and build your portfolio of customers. Yeah. Uh, where now the buck completely rides on me. You know. It was it was tough. I used uh, even sometimes now I, I get frustrated if I, I think I'm, I'm pretty good with people, but I sometimes compare myself and I get frustrated. It was why aren't they as motivated and as hungry and as as, you know, on the ball as I am. Yeah,
0: yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. So I it's kind of, yeah, I have to kind of how, you, you expect this. You expect people to have that same passion, that same um, motivation that you've got. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I've got to
1: understand that not everyone's the same. You know, it's, it's not their business. Yeah, I, I did I did find it difficult. Um, within the last sort of year and a half, I've been working with a business coach to help me change my mindset. Yeah. Anyone yeah. out there thinking of if you're on the fence of a business coach, just invest in it. It's, it's the best money I've ever spent.
0: Yeah, you know what, George? That was going to be my, my, one of my next questions in terms of: Do, do you have a mentor? Do you have a, a coach? Or you know, and sometimes that can be an informal mentor, or or it can be a, a paid as well. And I, I think either way, I would agree with you. It's 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 definitely money money well spent finding you know finding the right person to to help you and guide you. But um, it just gives you. a that reflection, doesn't it? And and can help you kind of look at things different ways and help you with your mindset and, and things to work on. Cause often when you're in your business, it's it's very difficult to to step out and, and work on your business. And and having a I think having a a, a coach or a mentor, I don't know if you find this, but it, it kind of it, it gives you a bit of a responsibility to you, to be answerable to to somebody in in terms of to helping you to work on you and work on your business is that what you find or
1: exactly that yeah Um, when i first started working with my coach i was doing everything and i thought at the time that's what i needed to be doing yeah doing the sales i was looking after our top three customers um i was even printing the jobs i was delivering the jobs i was Doing going out on customer meetings. I was doing I was doing the payroll. or yeah. Doing the accounts. I was doing the bookkeeping. I was yeah. doing a lot because I was afraid yeah. of spending any money.
2: Yeah.
1: Getting people better better than me to do those particular roles. Yeah. I was probably close to burnout. Mm. But without knowing it, without feeling it, because I'm still fairly young and energetic and and I love it. I love mm. I love what I do. But I think if I continued operating like that and putting in the hours that I was doing. It may have, yeah, I probably, likely would have, would have burnt out. And yeah, it's the, it's the, it's the cliche comment of, you know, working in your business rather than on your business. Um, mm-hmm. And I've, I've put, I've put things in place now where, you know, I've handed over some, well, all of the clients. I don't deal with any day to day of the customers. That was very hard for me to do because I built those up from, from scratch. But I passed them on now to someone who's more than able to look after them than I am. Uh, I've got a decent accountant now. that does my bookkeeping and my VAT returns and my, my, my year-end accounts. And I'm spending a hell of a lot more time working on the business, sort of focusing on like income-generating tasks, focusing more on the sales and getting in front of customers and, and building relationships, because that's what's going to drive and keep the business going.
0: Yeah, definitely. Have you um, have you read the E Myth by Michael E Gerber? I haven't. I'm just going to make a note this now. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll drop it down here. We'll put it in the show notes as well. <clears throat> two, two books. Um, I'm a I'm a great believer on, uh, like yourself, you know, kind of. It, um, and it's very difficult in the printing and packaging industry, I think, because it is such a it, it can be such a hands on job. And often people in the business of you know who are in the leadership team have come up through the ranks and are very used to being hands on and 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 getting things resolved. And what well, I'm very passionate about helping, you know, working with businesses um, and, and our customers and stuff to, to, how can you kind of step out of the business a bit more and, and systemize it and and work on the business rather than in the business, as I say, so that you can, I mean, essentially, you're almost trying to put yourself out of a job. You know, you want that, it's trying to, to get that business so that for its enterprise value, you know, that, that you, you that business can run without you because if it can that business is worth a hell of a lot more and also it is it's better for you and so the e-myth is um is a really good book that kind of talks through that principle it 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 actually takes a a franchise as an example it's it it talks through a story as you go through about a bakery um, and and as a franchise and and references to like things like mcdonald's and and how how they kind of manage to think of their business to well what if this was a franchise how can we systemize it how can we make sure that it's not reliant on a specific person and there's another book as well that is actually a bit more print specific uh, um a while back we did a i did a fast tv episode um and the book's called system busters how to stop them in your business and that is by uh, a chap called philip paul bayer and um, over in america and um he kind it, it, it's kind of that E Myth principle, but it, it's is kind of adapted it very specific to a print business and and his journey on on his print business and, and and what he did with that and now he helps and coaches people and 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 has systems that you know that people can use. But um, so again, that's a, a, another good book I'd I'd recommend. Oh, you can we interviewed him on the um on the Dawson TV episodes as well. So you, you know you can maybe watch that as a as a good starting point. But um, absolutely so so pleased to hear that you at, at this age George you 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 know you recognize that you could you're 34 years old you've got your own business a growing successful business and and also you've kind of got yourself a coach and recognize actually whilst it's great to be hands on and um and, and be able to step in when you need to but also actually how can I step out of the business um and uh, that's 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 very exciting to hear so yeah so so yeah, we've talked about how we, how you got into print. We've talked about um, you know, what attracted you to the business and and how how you kind of ended up having your own business and uh, adapting to leadership and changing and and adapting through through COVID and and how you how you got through that and and having business culture as well and 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 kind of how you you're working in yourself. I just feel like I could talk to you for ages, George, about lots of different things, but I'm always conscious of time. Right.
2: Keep going, I've got some so, time.
0: so you are where you are now and you know it sounds like you've got a great future ahead of you where do you where where do you see the future what do you see the future of print what do you see the future for for your business
1: question um so the future of my business we I've got a centre manager starting okay Uh, that's a big role for me to fill
0: that's your role isn't it at the moment (laughs)
1: she's (laughs) very operational very hands on yeah. i think the business is at the stage now where it needs a manager that kind of sits in between yeah uh, she's brilliant she's she's worked in the trade for for a very long time and um, we're actually moving locations as well very soon hopefully by the end of this month we'll have relocated from our current premises into a new premises that's going to that's going to skyrocket yeah my business because i'm right in the hub of where we need to be. Right on the middle of Fenchurch Street and there's some big organizations down there. We've got some great customers on that road. And it's just putting the cool quick brand back where it belongs. Yeah. Because currently we have got a good a good location where we are, but we're sort of tucked away down a little side road at the moment. Yeah. Where we're now I can say I'm on Fenchurch Street, I've got an EC3 postcode. Is <laughs> is astronomical, but
2: yeah
1: I think it's the right move for the business. Yeah. And yeah, I want to sort of see ourselves as like a, you know, a full service provider. So we do, we source a lot of merch for customers, that like we do a lot of direct mail as well. You know, This is stuff that we never done at the beginning. So I want our customers to feel like they can come to us for anything, you know, where we've got great relationships, people buy from people at the end of the yeah. day. So yeah, I, I've toyed with the idea of maybe additional locations, additional call quicks, but after after weighing it up I think I'd rather have one one strong business yeah that that operates without me to a certain. Yeah. Way, rather than having multiple locations because I think if you try and scale too quickly it can end badly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is the first time in a long time that I felt like I've Really got the right team now, and I can actually go on holiday and not take my laptop and not open my emails and not be doing Zoom calls and worrying about things back in the office, and that's a really nice feeling.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah.
1: Such a good feeling. I remember my partner and I went to Tenerife, and yeah. it wasn't a holiday. I'm by the pool, great. I've got I've got a beer in hand and and the sun's shining, but I'm on my laptop. Yeah. Checking my emails. I'm calling. Mm-hmm. It's just like it's not. It wasn't a holiday. Mm. It's really yeah. to able to have a holiday and relax and you know i've got a young a young baby now yeah. so she needs time yeah i need to try and juggle work and work and home life um mm. and there are sacrifices when you have a business and you have children you, you do have to take sacrifices but i don't want to miss the key points of mm. stays and parents evenings and stuff like that so i've got some goals with call quick where i want to get it and i think if you if you build a business as if you were going to sell it from day 1 yeah you will naturally put in all of those processes and the right people in there even though i don't mm. have the intention to sell it i want to want to yeah get it. i feel like i've only just started mm. but building it to sell i think you're on a you're on a good track there because you if from an outsider looking in it's going to be attractive it's attractive to them
0: yeah i think you know it's really interesting hearing your 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 approach there and um and uh, you know how you're growing the business to uh, with, with a mindset of, of an exit strategy, not necessarily an exit strategy that you you exercise, but thinking you build to sell. And and I think if you read that Eamoth and the System Busters, you, you'll find that there's a lot of synergy there in in that approach that you're taking. You know, there is nothing better, I think, than that feeling of um of, of like you say being on holiday, uh, and and actually money's still ticking in whilst you're you're kind of away stepping back from it relaxing i think that feeling is hard to describe but when you kind of you you just can come back and see that it's still all been ticking over and 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 that money's been coming in and you know the income stream and everything it's um i don't know if you agree but it's it's quite a nice um reward really to think well actually what i've built here is is working
1: beautiful feeling but then (laughs) it's like Within two or three days, within the mm. holidays, I'm itching to get back. <laughs>
0: evolve,
1: so I can't win. My brain just doesn't. Brain well, that doesn't maybe
0: George. That's because they always say, don't. They, when when you find something that you enjoy, it's not work, is it? You know, if if it's something you're passionate about, it's not it's not work. So uh, may, may, maybe maybe that, that that's the reason behind that. So
1: the future of the print industry yeah, is a tricky one. a really tricky one i'm going to throw that back to you where do you think the future of the print industry is going
0: oh nice one George. nice one i think the future of print is going to be about diversification um for 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 lots of organizations about no longer being in, in just one silo of you know we we are a a, a wide format printer, or a label printer, or a packaging. I think it's going to be very much about diversification. We're starting to see that happening a little bit as well, and I think maybe, maybe COVID as well has kind of, picked that further along than than perhaps it, it it would have been without it. So I think diversification um is is going to be a big part of the of the future print industry. I think another big part is is um successful businesses are going to be the ones that do think about being bionic and uh and more importantly working on the culture and thinking about the culture of the business because if you if you focus on your people and and your culture yeah you know yes you 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 need you need a product and and you need you know uh, you need something to sell and 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 uh a big part of that but also and you need to be able to tell people about what that it's your people and i think that's going to become much more of a focus um to help attract new talent in to help businesses differentiate um and and to help them kind of grow uh, as a business as well um so yeah diversification and uh and, and and culture i think is going to be a big part along with with technology
1: yeah on all those points especially the culture
0: because yeah.
1: In organizations before where the, the culture has been toxic,
2: there is no mm.
1: culture. You know, mm. there, there was a there was a divide between the production staff and the account management staff. They didn't get along. Yeah. It just yeah. wasn't a nice environment. You don't yeah. feel to go into work. You don't want to. You want to succeed and grow. It's mm. just like it's not a nice place. And if you think about it, you spend more time with your colleagues than you do your own family.
2: Yeah. yeah. So sure. right, I have some fun.
1: It, the, the culture is such an important part. Yeah it's an important part I was probably too friendly with people at the beginning Mm. I was first employing them because I've never employed people before I thought if I was friendly with them that was the way to to get the most from them people would tend to cross the line with that yeah and yeah to the point where I had to had to let people go because I was perhaps too
0: friendly yeah oh I can get away with that because me and yeah yeah we're we're best mates yeah mates yeah I I think it goes back to when you were talking about your your, your frustrations, you know, that you, you, you've you seen in yourself and you, you, you're you kind of learning about that. But it is that people not having that set, you know, the same level of motivation and, and kind of, you know, that expectation of why, why can't they be like me and, and care about it as much as me. I, I think actually, if you focus in on, on culture, you see it in so many businesses where, where that culture is there and, and the it's almost every podcast comes back to this book but, and, and conversation, but you start with your why, what is the why of your business? If people know that and you communicate that and you get the right culture, people will be passionate and people will be inspired and will be emotionally attached to your business. And when, and, and I think that's when, you know, that pays itself in dividends by, by really focusing on, on, on the people. So yeah. Um, And again, I think we've we've done a few episodes of that on on the past TV and on the podcast as well, but um, a a very valuable part. So, George, I say I I honestly do feel like we could talk a a, a lot and um, uh, I'd really like to follow this up at some point to perhaps do another episode and and, and see where you're at in the future. So, but yeah, thank you very much for, for your time today. I think that's it for today's episode of the Inkspire podcast. And, and a big thank you to you, George, for, for joining us today. It was uh, it was really great to chat to you about owning and running a business and, and getting into print and, and where, we, where, you know, where we see things going. So uh, thanks for listening. And please join us again for the next episode.
1: You've been listening to the Inkspire podcast from Tharstern.
0: If you have any questions about today's show or you're interested in being a guest, head over to our website and let us know. And don't forget to subscribe so you can be the first to know when new episodes
2: are available. Until then, thanks for listening.